Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm super excited because as a designer trying to be an illustrator, maybe hoping to be soon or one day feel better about calling myself an illustrator, I am excited to have episode number 247 with Lisa Glanz. I um, got to know who Lisa was from the Honest Designers podcast, which I have friends that that do that. I knew all the boys, um, but I didn't know Lisa. And she was representing women, I think, in that, uh, and standing up for herself with all those boys that uh, kind of gang up on you sometimes. Yes, you know? thank you. Yeah, they tease me. <laughs> they do. You, you get them back, especially um, when you break it down and then they start yeah. doing their, uh, <laughs> Dustin does his beatbox. Yes. So, but Lisa was a designer and had her own, she worked for, she started out, you studied design in college, right? Uh-huh. That's right. And then you um, were a designer and you worked for other people, right? And then you, yes. and then you went out on your own as a freelancer. Yes, that's right. Yeah. For quite, quite a while, actually about 10, 10 or so years. Yeah. So I had my own business for a long time. So then how did you, and this is what the meat of this is about, because I, and this is such a um, selfish, I think, uh, episode, but clearly a lot of other people want to, to know. Um, and if you're just joining us, feel free. The chat is open and available. So I'm happy to um, have you guys ask questions over there and I'll get them mm. to Lisa. But how did you, when did you start? doing i know you made jewelry which i also did also um but when did you make that leap of hey i'm going to start drawing and illustrating or painting and illustrating um well I've, okay i've obviously been doing that my whole life as i'm sure you have also been dabbling in that here and there um but i never ever took it seriously in terms of i didn't think it was a possibility that i could actually do it as a career um so i would say Look, I struggled like psychologically with the whole concept of trying to, um, you know, find the, get past the fear of, am I good enough to be an illustrator? Um, the, the biggest thing was this whole battle. I'd, I'd grown this, this, this freelance business that actually was quite successful. And now, like, why would I want to change that? Most people would have thought I was crazy. You know, like you've, you've got a good thing going. I was earning a decent salary. Um, <laughs> And now I want to like, you know, change the whole thing and start from scratch. And, you know, what if I'm crap and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it took me, I, I, I would really say it took me years to work at my head uh, mm -hmm. while I was still doing my, my freelance graphic design business. But when I finally did decide to, okay, you've got to take this seriously. It's, I really want to change my life. Um, I, I think it took about a year of a lot of hard work. Um, like full out. I mean, I was working nights. I was, I, I sacrificed a lot. Um, my weekends. Cause you were still every, working your freelance. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I was still, you know, running a, a, a business, um, as I said, quite a busy business. And at the same time, so desperate to change, you know, my, my work and, and become a full-time illustrator. And so I, I started producing products, you know, um, the first place I sold was on Etsy and I worked really hard to kind of figure stuff out. Like how, you know, how does all, this whole world exist and, you know, how do you get into it? And so, I, yeah, as I said, I, I worked a lot um, at night and on weekends 
And I don't think I ever saw my friends and Cliff, my other half. I don't think he, he saw me for a year, just about. So um, did you sell? Because yeah. you were making jewelry with your sister, and I know you were doing kind of craft fairs and things yes. locally, but were you also selling your jewelry on Etsy? I, initially, I tried. I tried to. Um, but our biggest problem in this country, you can't, you can't post overseas successfully. So that, that was a crash and burn very quickly. Um, we, we probably pulled the plug after about four months, you know, cause we realized this is just not going to work. It's just too many, you know, sort of roadblocks along the way. So I, I had to, the, the next step was then I, I had no choice in a way to kind mm-hmm. of take on the illustration thing because that didn't actually require posting. You know, it was, it was a digital product people could buy. And, so in a way that like the bad thing, you know, from a bad situation, a good thing came out because that was the solution, you know, I want to make digital products. And yeah, so that's what I did. And, and it, I would say it took a year for me to get to a point where I could actually leave my uh, freelance graphic design business. Um, but yeah, as I said, it was a year of serious graft. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, on the Honest Designers, you t- have talked about one of your first early illustration projects with you were drawing uh, zoo animals, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that it wasn't very good, in which I have a hard time because I've seen your zoo animals and they're super cute. But, <laughs> but I think, so this is the thing that gave me the most hope because you were like, I thought it was good back then. And I look at it now and you kind of want to throw up in your mouth or something. Yes, right? basically. <laughs> um, well, that was actually before I started doing the Etsy selling stuff. So this is when I was still uh, a freelance graphic designer and I still had this like dream, this like, you know, fantasy that somehow I can maybe do a bit of illustration while I was doing graphic design. And, and when this client approached me and said, look, we're looking to, um, you know, redo our, our buses that we, that's a basically a tour bus and, you know, we need a whole lot of animals. Do you know somebody that can do it for us? And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> so they said, okay. Cause you know, my, my graphic design stuff wasn't too bad. Um, you know, they trusted me kind of thing. And, I, I, I did it and because I was so terrible at drawing at that stage, <laughs> um I yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. And like what I, year was this do you and you might not know, but like you were a freelance designer for ten years. So yeah. like kind of halfway through okay. that journey. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, about halfway through. And so I was really established as a graphic designer and right. I had a yeah, I had a client base and I, you know, all was going well. And so I decided to dip my toe into actually getting paid to do illustration work. And yeah, it, it was a disaster. I mean, the face, this guy's face, when I showed him, he just, it just said it all. He just took one look at it and he said, mm, that's not quite what we had in mind. I was devastated. I was devastated because at the time I was proud. I was so proud of what I'd done. And yeah, it was, it was really bad. Um, so then how did you get, uh, so, I mean, looking back, it's hilarious, but at the time, I mean, you're like, that would have been kind of crushing. Like it, it was at the time I would say like, if I can break it down to time frames, maybe, I mean, obviously that day I was devastated because 
like this is kind of like my dream and someone's yeah. telling me I'm, I'm really crap <laughs> you know um so then because I guess this is a personality trait and and it's something that I really hope that a lot of people can um, use to their benefit it kind of motivated me because then I realized okay hang on a minute if I really want to do this illustration stuff I have to really put it in the graft and I've got to I've, I've got to get better um I've, you know there's so many things it's it's my fault that he didn't like it it's not his fault you know um so yeah it's it's you have to then do the next best thing which is just get better and and that's what pushed me you know um so a good thing came from it Absolutely. So then, yeah. so then you keep doing the design, but something is losing its um, life for you with design, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure so many of you guys can relate to this. I mean, client work can kill you, you know, it's uh, it kind of slowly eats away at that passion um, because you're dealing with other people's ideas all the time. You're trying to execute their way of thinking, their sort of vision. And yes, it is our job and, and, and that can get excited, you know, be exciting. But when it when after years and years and years of doing what other people are telling you to do and, and every time you kind of bring up your idea, which is a little offbeat sometimes, you know, you, you, it's, you get shot down because it's just not what they want. You know, they want the kind of run of the mill. They're scared. They're scared to, Right. you know, go beyond. So, um, yeah, I was desperate. I was desperate to have my own voice. And it, it was, as I said, that, that was the most, the most difficult, the mental side. I had to really work through, um, you know, having enough faith in myself and my own ability and know that I can make it, you know, I can make it on my own. I don't need clients to actually make a living. And that's quite a, yeah, it was quite a mental thing. <laughs> you did go from a big shift to, and I think that's another part of being a freelancer. You're always trying to get new clients and trying, mm. you know, cause some clients are just one-off clients or they need you maybe twice a year. It's not really sustainable. And then you have some clients that are a retainer that you do stuff for every month. But, yeah. um, and those, those are great, but they can also mm. be kind of killer, right? Uh, yeah. If it's not really exciting or they're not willing to change or try new things. But then there's always that side of getting new business. Well, now you kind of threw that away and then you're now trying to get, um, you know, customers. So it's, it's, yes. it, it's at least you understood about how to get business, I think, and, or how yes. to get customers for the businesses. I think that's mm. been a, uh, I don't know, uh, extra little superpower in your hat so that, <laughs> that you could, you knew how to maybe reach your audience of people because it's not just designers who are buying your products. It's also people who are doing uh, parties for the kids, right? And yeah, yeah, which is a lot of people. And Kim says, amen. There's, there's one thing that gets me motivated. It's someone telling me no, or that I can't do something. Exactly. So, I'm the same. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I'm the same, Kim. So then me and you talked about it the other day, and I just want to mention this because I really found this really uplifting for me, was that I asked you, how long did it take for you to start calling yourself an illustrator? So you did the bus graphics, and you must have uh, pivoted and found someone else to do their graphics for them, right? That five years into freelancing, or did you just lose the client? Um, yeah, uh, well, actually he, he walked away. <laughs> so that's how bad it was. Um, 
Yeah, I, I in in my graphic design business, I very very seldom did any illustration work because I just didn't have the um, the expertise and I didn't have the confidence. And every time I kind of did do um, you know any illustration work, I, I I would do it in a small way and I would hide it. It, it wasn't a, a big part of the project. So if if I needed proper illustrations for for a job, I'd, I'd, I'd outsource that, which is kind of sad actually. Um, but yeah, that's that's really what happened. I would say the only time I really started calling myself an illustrator was probably about two, three years ago. I mean, but so you'd been selling. You started yeah. selling on Creative Market and mm. Etsy and stuff. How many years ago? Um, I would say my first product was two thousand and fourteen. Okay, so it's not that long ago. Um, and I would say that that it took me about two years to kind of really like fully accept the fact that I was now earning a living as an illustrator and I could literally say, okay, that's what I do for a living. But to this day, when people ask me, what do I do? I, I still fumble. I still, <laughs> I still stammer and can't get it out because often like, okay, it's, a, it's a combination of people don't understand what that is um, mixed with, I guess I still, there's a little niggle inside of me that thinks, am I really an illustrator am I good enough you know you are um, we should make make you a plaque right and you can hang it on the wall and just like you guys did for on honest designers you're like award winner because so many people just yeah right but you you definitely are and I feel like um you don't want to call yourself something and then have your the industry laugh at you or be like oh my gosh she's calling yeah, herself an illustrator but exactly you, you yeah. can do it you <laughs> you can <laughs> give you. the awards away that could tell people <laughs> if they were illustrators oh that's sweet thank you matt has a question he said um yes. it kind of a, about getting away from niche of clients that you did their work for how is your illustration work different are you doing your own thing, which definitely let's kind of give them an idea of what you're doing. And are you niching based on a customer need? So, and maybe this is a great time for you to show some, pull some work up to kind of show him that you are kind of in a, a niche, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how, and when you got started on creative market, were you always doing such niche things? No. Okay. Um, yeah, when I first started, I literally did what everybody else was doing um, because I was so clueless and I was fumbling my way through, you know, that new sort of realm. Um, you know, I, I obviously chose the stuff that was popular because I wanted to make sales, you know. So I obviously did um, what was popular, but I tried to find new ways in doing it. Um, but over time, I realized that it's, it's, you can't compete with the masters. Well, you can, um, but I think the struggle or the battle is just that much harder. So I decided quite quickly in my journey to rather focus on my strengths and focus on um, finding a, a niche that, that I absolutely love doing, that I think I'm pretty good at, and that I think is actually valuable to others. So it's pointless, you know, focusing something that you know is not going to sell. You know, you do need to have some... Um, market research and you can do that very um sort of informally you know you can you can look at on pinterest what's popular etsy whatever you know it doesn't have to be this full-on survey that you send out um but you know but you can you can um 
you know, quickly get an idea of what is popular. And then I think, I think with anybody or anything that you do, your strengths are always going to be the, your uniqueness. So if you can concentrate on, on what you can offer to, um, you know, bring to the table, whether it's, uh, you know, a different style or a different approach or th that's definitely humor. sometimes people will put yeah. their humor in uh, and exactly. Or even when people put lettering with their illustrations or something like that. But, but yeah. for, for you, you kind of developed a style. Now, not all of your characters look alike, but you definitely know that they're yours. And then you do some other explorations. There are, are mm. um, the, the palette um, work that you, the pieces that you Yes, sing, yes. Those yes. are really kind of different where you're really mm. kind of exploring maybe different uh, styles or brushes or however you're making these characters. Yeah. And then I know you have the five minute, um, five minute drawing five. And I'm going to put that up. It's an Instagram, her Instagram feed. She has two Instagram feeds and five is the number. I kept looking at it. I kept typing and I'm like, they, they told me wrong. But it's, <laughs> it's the number five. Um, so do you want to show something real quick just so that we can kind of yeah, get an so um, so I decided, as I said, quite early on to focus on a particular feeling um, or, or, or attract a certain type of client. So um, I think what I'll do is I'll just quickly share my screen. Uh, so, uh, what, so you knew that you wanted to attract who, who do you have like a picture of the, the person that's, I would assume maybe it's a woman buying your yes. work, right? Yeah, so um, I uh, I try to if, uh, kind of create an avatar, a custom perfect avatar mm -hmm. uh, customer, um, and 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 basically kind of figure out what that person would enjoy and what they would want my stuff for. So my um, perfect customer would, would be a woman who probably has kids, who loves crafting, um, who likes creating with her kids, uh, possibly has her own Etsy shop where she sells her own creations and she uses my work to make them. Um, you know, so it, it, and also has this like attraction towards whimsical, um, fun sort of, you know, cute illustrations that make her feel warm and good and fuzzy. And so, so that was my, that was my aim. And ever since I've decided on that, um, I've, I've really focused on that. And, and yes, I do, I do experiment a little bit with other stuff, but generally that's where I aim my uh, products, you know, towards. And yeah, so far it's been successful. Do you have and a name again, for your lady? I don't. Maybe you can give me one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what to think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you feel like you get people from all over or do you have customers that are mainly in the um europe in the states in south africa because you are in south africa if anybody doesn't know yeah um my biggest base is america for sure with hands down and then it seems to be the um, uk and then europe you know and all the surrounding smaller countries but yeah it's definitely u.s base i, I would say the Probably the the biggest reason for that is that you guys are more um, computer, you know, orientated nation. You, yeah, you 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 understand the whole digital world and you know the whole thing about Etsy. I think a lot of customers or, or sorry sellers on Etsy are are American. Um, yeah, so it's yeah they're my biggest base. I'd say. Let me just quickly share my screen. 
Okay, so um, this this is my Instagram feed. Uh, Do you just... name your characters that you draw? You you mean like just like in my head? Yeah, like the mouse. He looks like <laughs> he's going on an adventure. I know? actually I don't actually name them, but I I often have I often start out with a story in my head of what this character is doing before it's even you know hit the paper, um, and I think it's because I find it quite important to kind of get the uh, feeling as much as I can in myself mm. before I actually start drawing because. I think it translates better when you do that. Um, I, I always use um, how I feel as a gauge, whether the, the picture is being successful or not, you know? Um, yeah. So this is, I mean, this is clearly, uh, sorry, my internet's a little slow. Um, you know, this is obviously clearly, you know, whimsical <laughs> and young sort of, you know, so this, this, this client base would be people who probably do nursery prints, um, you know, that they create their own nursery prints. So, yeah, I, I, I tend to definitely have more of a childlike um, approach to my work. But then you throw other things. Because that's how I live. You throw other things in, like the portrait creator, right? Yes. Um, and, and you do a lot, a lot of the graphics for Honest Designers. I think you guys rotate that, right? Yes, yes, we started rotating that, yeah. Because you used to do all of them, right? All of them, yeah, and I couldn't keep up. <laughs> yeah, so, so like um, the, yeah, the portrait creator, and then you also do patterns. So you have um, some, you sell also, I guess, some off of Spoonflower, correct? Yes. Um, so the, I, um, that's actually kind of my other love or passion is that I, um, I want to become more uh, prolific in my pattern work. Um, yeah, let me just unstop that. Um, yeah, so so basically, I wanna I wanna you know do that more regularly. The clients that I currently take on are only for pattern design. So, um, and those have all been for baby wear. They've either been baby wear or baby sort of blankets and that kind of thing. And that's that's the, that's the market that I'm aiming for. And I think my work suits. So, um, yeah. So I guess that's how you kind of pivot once you if you did a bunch of graphics. I think I finally hear your dogs. Sorry, it's actually no, not mine. No. It's totally fine. I was just like, I didn't know how your 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 dog was always so quiet. But anyway, I guess it's your neighbor. Um, so um, Amy says uh, she lives in North Carolina, and Spoonflower is actually in North Carolina. Oh, I didn't even know that. I knew it was yeah. America, but not there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but that wasn't something, did you start off doing pattern surface design? No, um, that was something, okay, I have to admit, I, I have way too many ideas in my head and things that I want to do. That's half my problem. Um, but, and so one of the things is that I, I wanted to do licensing work for patterns, but you can't really do that half-heartedly. You've got to do it full on. And so the Spoonflower thing is like an outlet for me. It's, um, I have so many more patterns that I'd like to add to Spoonflower, but I just don't have the time to do that. Um, and hopefully my new assistant will start doing yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that is a, a sort of a side passion, but I didn't start out doing that. And I, I mean, I'm basically you know, self-taught. And, and again, my first ones were a little sort of remedial you know and, and the, the 
the better I've become, you know, the more proficient I've become and that kind of stuff. So you, yeah, you got to start somewhere and you learn as you go. And I think that's half the fun though. Don't you think? Totally. And then Mm. also as a passive income, right. You're, you're putting things in not all one bucket, right. It's not all these, um, I don't know what her name is. Uh, uh, I got to give their, your customer a name. Um, Molly. Lucy. Lucy. Molly. Molly's good. Oh, <laughs> Maybe she's a Southern girl, Lucy Molly or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so one of those. So Lucy, she, you know, she may not need your, uh, she might not be a sewer, right? And she might not need the patterns, but she, she may, she may have create a whole dress for her kids. She takes that and she does the, you know, uses some of the same sort of style or color palette that you have for the invitations for the party or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there, now it doesn't just make her, now you have other customers that are buying your, your textile designs or your textiles, you know, they're getting those printed. And I think it doesn't just find one client is going to be the only person that's really going to purchase from you. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think it's important to, even if these different avenues that you try aren't necessarily 100% successful and they're not bringing in the big bucks and you know, it, 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 the point is it's more about, well, I think it's important to play and to figure stuff out as you go along. And um, you know, you might, you might open a shop on, I don't know, another platform that doesn't necessarily work out, but that's okay. You tried it. And, 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 and all these exposures, um, you know, that it, it does come back to you somewhere, whether they find your website, whether they tell their mother that, have you seen this person's work or, you know, whatever. So, um, as you said, it's good to diversify, but, but also to remember not to diversify so much so that you have, you're not concentrating on your anything. Yeah, exactly. You don't have a core sort of function and, and you're not building that, you know. Well, and I yours think- is kind of separated from that core. So these are all the yeah. ideas, but you really focused in for a while on the core, got that Correct. really going. And then you said you did it for a year before you went full time. You said, okay, yes. this can pay, this can pay the bills. I don't need to do both. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Did yeah. You, and then you, were your clients like, what? Or did they kind of know that you were thinking about this? Or one day it was like, Look, um, we're breaking up. Bye. It was, it was very tough because they, they'd been long-standing clients of mine, some of them for, for 10 years. And I literally sent them a dear John letter. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I, I basically said, you know, I'm, I'm, I've really appreciated your business, but it's time for me to follow my dream. And I mean, I, I it may work. It may not work. I might come knocking on your door six months from now. I don't know, but I've got to give it a go because I don't, you know, I don't want to be this old woman and not have tried it. You know, I've got Mm. to try it. And yeah, and I'm glad I did because yeah, it's taken me on a journey of notes. Yeah. But it's also, it's also been really lucrative for you as well. So it's like you didn't have to. So so you, do you think, cause I, I think that we're pretty similar because I think you're, um, you're really, well, if anybody knows me, looked at my office, they would think, oh, well, you're not quite organized like Lisa, Diane, but you're oh, no. organized in, in your, in your head, right. And your office is also organized, but you, you have things, you know how things go and there's a, um, 
with clients or you know how much money you need to make or how much yeah. you need to be doing. But then is, do you think you, you could have done it quicker? I mean, a year is a long time to do both, like really full on full steam. I think I could have done it quicker if I dropped the one. Well, I mean, obviously if I, if I, if I stopped the graphic design sooner, the thing is though, I, I'm just this way inclined. I, I can never let go of something fully without a certainty that something else is going to carry me. Um, when I, when I, the same thing for when I went into freelance work, I actually worked half day for somebody first and the other half for myself before I fully took right. the leap and went totally, you know, on my own. So that's just who I am. It's my personality. Um, but it's not to say it can't be done quicker. It can. It just depends on how much you are willing to sacrifice, I guess. Well, I, that's <laughs> what I mean about like control or organizing. It's like, well, I just want to make sure, you know, and I yeah. kind of want to make sure that the bills are paid and I want to, it's, it's, it's risky. And I feel like you've done risky things. It's just like when you were a designer and you decided, Hey, I'm going to try to illustrate this instead. That was a risk, but I love mm. it. It didn't stop you. I, I know that it was a mental kind of setback, but it was also probably the fuel that you needed to be like, Hey, if I want to do this, I have to put more time into it. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. And that was the same for, for the, for this whole new venture. I mean, I knew if I wanted to make it work, I had to put in the time and it's sacrifice, you know, yeah. and you did and it's works. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you and I talked about, um, just the struggle of creating. And for yeah. me, that's been a really big block. Um, I've kind of been in a creative funk for the last two and a half weeks. So, and I really haven't done any, I've drawn, but I haven't done any thing I like to cut things out and so I haven't cut anything out so it's just been in my sketchbook um and how sometimes we do everything but right I was telling you that um I I, I was like you know I should just really go rake leaves and I'm mean, I hate <laughs> raking leaves I hate I hate it but I just even though when I'm creating I have so much joy it's just there is really this whole mental um Barrier, headlights, mm. a, a really big struggle for me. Mm. And it was really nice to know that you also, you don't like to wash the dishes, but you have to wash the dishes before you, before you get your paintbrush out and start going. Yeah. So I, and we talked about this a little bit. Can you kind of give everybody an idea of what you, you told me and how, how you've gotten better about that? Mm. I, I think, um, as, as I said to you, I, it took me a while to figure out why that is. Why? Cause for me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. I want to understand why I'm doing it so I can fix it. Um, but yes, I'd be procrastinating and doing anything other than my drawing, even though I knew, as you said, I'd love it. And you know, the end result would be great inside, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's, it boils down to the fact that we are being challenged both mm. mentally and skill level wise so it's a hard thing to um, impose on yourself voluntarily so you're basically telling yourself okay we're now going to sit down and do something difficult that's going to challenge you <laughs> um, it may not go well <laughs> so yeah and and you know with anything that's that's learning um, and anything that you that you want to get better at requires a little bit uncomfortable, you know, state. So, and, and also 
change, you know, learning and that kind of thing is change. And change is something that human beings just run a mile from. So I think all these kinds of small nuances are, are going on in your brain and, and you're having these debates and arguments. And, but then the irony is, is that once you sit down and you get past that barrier, it's like just joy. It's wonderful, you know. And I think also the biggest struggle is that we put too much pressure on ourselves to, um, you know, want the best results from the whole exercise. And, and we forget that, that when we draw, it doesn't matter if it looks terrible because you can just start again. I mean, no one's like hanging over your shoulder and you only have one shot and if you get it wrong, you're dead. And, right. you know, it's, it, it, we have this, we put so much pressure on ourselves. So over the years, what I've done is to remind myself of that and, um, and know that, a, I, I really love doing it while I'm doing it. And, and B, it's not a big deal. You know, it's not the end of the world. So if we make mistakes and we, if we're not really good at, at executing a bunny, holding a guitar or whatever, it's okay. You know, you, you, you've got another go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, you, I think it's important to remember that anything worthwhile is going to be a bit of a struggle and it is going to be a bit difficult, but it's worth doing. All right, so let's pivot and talk a little bit about the you doing the five-minute drawing and why. Yeah. Because you're obviously a great illustrator, and you obviously have really good um, – you do watercolors by hand. You do the drawing by hand. You can also now do them on the iPad Pro. So why was it important for you to take on the challenge of drawing every day on the iPad? I struggled, and I still do a little, um, a lot with digital drawing. In other words, drawing actually on an iPad. I'm so attached, as you can see, I'm holding a pencil. I'm so attached <laughs> to my pencil. And you have um, drawings over there, I see. Oh, these were, yeah, these were to show you how terrible my first work was. Oh, yeah. Which I'll show you just now. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I, because I'm so attached to the pencil and paper, it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that I wanted to get better at the digital side of things as well. So, cause then, you know, it's nice to be able to, you got your iPad with you and you want to, you know, whip up a, a quick drawing with color. It's, it's easy to do that. But if you feel uncomfortable drawing on it, then it's not going to look that great. So that was half the reason why I wanted to do it on my iPad to get better with that. Um, and yeah, the other reason was to, try and produce something that looks okay as fast as possible, you know, which is quite hard. Five minutes is not long. No, it's really fast. And mm. you're, so it seems also like the, um, the palette ones, was that a, another series that you were doing just to kind of work on color or work on, because it seems like you've done, you've done series of things and maybe there are challenges because you're pushing um, styles or, or techniques. Is that something that you, you regularly do as you look back and you realize, Oh yeah, I kind of do that regularly. Or is it something that you're like, no, it was at a specific spot. I needed to push myself because I was in a rut. Um, that kind of actually developed naturally. It's, um, basically what, what I've been finding is that the five minute drawings that have intrigued me to carry on in other words because the five minute drawings you, you know you can't they're not finished really 
you know, I suppose it depends, sorry, it depends on, on what you call finish, but, um, yeah, so there's, there's some that I enjoyed doing at the time so much that I actually wanted to take them further. And those ones that I took further are the ones that became, you know, the playful palettes drawing. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 I guess it was an organic thing. And it's been interesting for me to see how, you know, drawing on the iPad changes the look of the drawing, even though my my actions are the same and my intentions are the same as if I was doing it in another medium. Um, it's just, yeah, it's fascinating how just changing a medium can, can truly change how your work looks, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's totally different. Yeah. Well, it's so. just like if you decided to draw instead of the, with the pencil you have, you started to draw like with a really thick, I mean, this is like a, yeah, like, I don't know. It's really thick. I got it in art snacks this month, but it's a big, I was like, mm, man, I kind of huge. feel like a kid, you know, like, yeah, draw, you like doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I do, I think that different mediums, but it, it, I don't think it's, it's a solution to do all digital. It's just, it's good to know different mediums because you're working exactly. and grow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I mean, when I first, uh, you know, the, my, my technique of how I actually, take my drawings from beginning to end has changed because I discovered procreate and um, that has a huge influence on my end result. So it's so important. I think, I, look, I've, I've got to say, I think it's um, important not to get caught up in the whole technology and feeling that you need the latest gimmick or gadget or whatever. But I do think it's important to kind of just dabble in things that are not part of your usual medium that you use so, because you never know, you might find something exciting that changes your style right all right so Paige asked earlier she said do you think it's the pressure to always produce good work that maybe stops people because I really think what you said yes. you can just start over like ah, oh, why didn't I think about that like it's just paper like really yeah. you can't afford 25 cents Diane you know yeah. uh, like it's not, it's not turn it over then, you know? Yeah. Um, it's definitely the pressure is, is a huge factor. And I think also where we get stuck is that we don't know when to stop when it's not going well. Right. So yeah, we try and fix it and, and we, we basically, you know, this cake is burnt, it's flopped, but yet we're trying to plaster <laughs> icing on it and, you know, it's, right. it's, it's it's just throw it out and start again. Right. Um, and, and I think that whole, and, and trust me, I know it well, that whole deep frustration that starts building and building before you know, you just want to take your pencil and stab yourself and stab the screen. <laughs> and stab everything. So, so yeah, it's, it, 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 um, it's kind of like a vicious circle and it's very important as a, as a creative to, try and stop that as soon as possible because it can get quite bad. You know, it, it, it's quite destructive. Amy says that's one thing she loves about the iPad is because it's so much easier to start over for her. Yeah. So I, True. so Kent asked, did you start the five minute um, drawing? Was it as a result of seeing Dustin's um, drawing a day? Yeah. So um, Dustin started because, 
besides his own um, motivation to do it, we were discussing this whole daily uh, practice thing and he decided to do it. And I've always wanted to. And I just thought, well, if Dustin, Dustin can do it, then I can do it. You know, somehow I've got to find the time. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I just thought it's, I mean, he inspired me. And, and um, because it, you know, it's easy to make excuses. I mean, I've made them for years and, it, it, it is a thing. It does hang over your head every day. And sometimes it's, it's <laughs> a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Um, but it does force you to, um, I guess, take yourself seriously and, 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 and yeah, have a, have a goal that you follow through with, you know, it's a promise you make and, and you keep it. You know, one thing I've, as I've kind of analyzed this, cause I've tried, um, just drawing and been in this funk of not drawing. I think mm-hmm. that part of the issue people have is they don't put the importance on their own growth or they don't oh, put yeah. the importance on doing something for them. So like Ian, when he was doing his calligraphy, he did it while his wife was watching Downton Abbey, which <laughs> Dustin calls downtown Abbey or right. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, yeah. um, cause, cause Ian didn't like that show. And so he knew she was happy watching that he could do his calligraphy. So, Mm. but it's this commitment to yourself. It's a commitment to growth. And Mm. uh, I think maybe sometimes people think, well, I'm not worth it. And I, I know that the only reason I think that is like, why? Cause I'm similar to you. I'm trying to analyze why have I had such a hard time? Mm. And I always put client work first. I always do their stuff. But really, I could do better for my clients if I was growing more. Oh, so it's absolutely. just been this sort of battle. So I, I would think that it is a struggle, but it's a commitment to you, right? Mm. I, you know, it's a um, without getting too, you know, woo-woo-ish, but it's, <laughs> it's it all it ties into becoming a better human being. You know, whether you whether you're a baker or a I don't know, sofa or whatever. You you want to get better at what you do, um, mm. and and you also want to find things that bring you joy. And and if and if illustration or making jewelry or I don't know baking makes you happy, then then you really do have a responsibility to yourself because ultimately, if you're a happier person, again, this sounds cliched, but it's true. If you're a happier person, your partner's a happier person partner's a happier person, your household's a happier person. And so it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and, and it's, it's, it is important because I think it's, um, it, I always have this thing, like if you're able to get better at something, um, you should, in other words, you, if you, if you're struggling, if you don't have the money to do something and you know, that's understandable, but if you're able, if you have the tools, if you have the time, if you have, you know, find ways to figure stuff out, you, you should, it's a responsibility to, to yourself and, the world essentially all right so i totally agree um and amy says one of her issues with keeping up with a commitment for drawing every day is coming up with ideas so she really likes what you said about coming up with a a story and then uh, give it give it a character so let's kind of backstep just a little bit we're on question Mm -hmm. 2.5 we've really just whizzed through these (laughs) questions lisa we'll just have to do a part two but there are some advantages to being an illustrator uh, and a designer that are our sensitivity and our quirkiness, right? Mm. And I think in illustration, they can come out maybe a little bit easier than they can in design. So as an illustrator, in the beginning, and maybe you'll hold up that 
one that you don't like. Um, were you putting a lot of personality into your work and how did you get to that um, stage of putting more personality and the quirkiness into your work? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's the whole thing about also, you know, growing as a person. I, I used to, cause I, I, I am a sensitive person. Um, I see things differently to most people. I notice stuff, um, you know, generally uh, uh, artistic people do, they, they, they might pick up little, little nuances and quirkinesses and even feel the energy in a room, like, whoa, what's going on here? And nothing's really obvious, you know, but you can sense it. And, right. and that's, yeah, that's our advantage. And, and, um, you know, the world doesn't really appreciate that in a way. Um, and sometimes even being different and, and thinking differently can actually, you know, you, you can be teased at school or, um, your parents can think that you're a psycho or whatever, you know? Um, but as, uh, as an illustrator, you have this opportunity to really delve into yourself and, and into this inner world that, that you've created for yourself. And, and it's a safe world. Um, well, I hope it is. And, and yeah, and, and you can use that to your advantage to, as you said, bring personality into your work. So I think you are, you're absolutely right. Um, I only started doing that much, much later. In fact, only really started doing that the last couple of years, you know, when, when I, when I figured out like, okay, so this is the direction I want to go with my illustration. This is the kind of clients I want to reach. And, when I had this moment of clarity, it was, it was quite an epiphany. It was, um, it was a sensation even if I can put it that way. Um, it, 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 when I, when I, when I drew something that for the first time really had me like totally mm. in it, I, I, this sounds so cliched, but I felt like, wow, where have I been? <laughs> you know? And, and, and I mean, it wasn't even that fantastic, but it was just, I felt so comfortable doing it and I felt joy and I felt whatever. So um, for me, that has become my, um, my gummy berry juice in a way, <laughs> because it's like what I use to really propel my work. And um, yeah, so it, it helps me to, I guess, produce faster, feel happier doing it. And hopefully the end result is better because you, 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 you know, you're doing something as part of yourself. Um, but yes, I can show you work that has no personality. Do you think it's because it's, we are trying not to, or we don't understand ourselves at, yet, or we're trying, like why we don't just because it's new and we're trying to be safe? It's, I, I think largely to do with fear. Yeah. Mm. I think, um, my, my biggest hurdle that I had to overcome was, um, you know, showing a part of myself. I knew that when I, when I was, you know, producing work that was close to my heart and, and more from inside of me, um, I knew that it was exposing myself and I was, I was petrified, petrified, you know, but, um, but you have to do it if you want good results. I think, I think it's essential. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a journey. There's only uh, uh, nothing else I can say about that other than yes. it is going to be a hard journey. Um, one drawing at a time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and um, and just know that the most important thing is knowing that you know there's so many artists go through this, writers go through this, um, right? Musicians for sure. Mm, musicians, they we all go through that, and and 
And the exciting thing is that battle that you're having inside means you're in the right place. It means that you are starting to challenge yourself uh, creatively and you're questioning, you know, is this what I want to do? I'm so scared to, and that's, that's good. It means that you are, you, 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 you know, you actually, you're scratching that surface of greatness and, and we can only be great if we are ourselves, you know, you, you're not going to be great if you copy somebody else and you're just a copycat. Um, so yeah, it's important. Awesome. Show us that piece. Oh, okay. So this is the era of the bus drawings with the animals. Okay. When you're still, you're still working as a designer, right? Yes. You're making your living as a designer. So was this something you did on the side as you're trying to start, but you didn't do it for a client? Yeah, this, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was for a friend who did have a, a newsletter and she needed like an illustration. So I said, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm showing this. That's all I can say. It's terrible. It's not it. terrible. If I did that, I'd be like, "Sweet, oh my gosh, I did hands." I love it. Okay, but so so it's definitely not in your style. I couldn't see maybe colors, I guess. Um, but yeah. but you're you. Are There's so no joy. There's no. Yes, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have a lot of life. No, it's dead. It's absolutely dead. And, and I think that's what I was saying about it. You got to, there's, there's no me in there. Um, but, yeah. but it was the starting point, right? It yes. was that step that you needed because at the time, didn't you think it was good? Yeah. I was proud that I managed, as you said, I was proud that I, wow, wow somebody sitting at a table. I and, know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely. And trust me, that took me four forever and ever and ever to do so yeah it's crazy uh, okay so one of the things that um that i also admire is just that you have had clear boundaries with clients so if people haven't listened they can go to honestdesigners.com is it honestdesigners.com um uh, before i say yes yes that's just be sure I'm so bad. I can never remember. Yeah, it's honestdesigners.com. Yeah. Okay, honestdesigners.com. You can listen to all the episodes. I have actually not missed an episode. Wow. I, I am. Crazy. I'll take. I'll go and take my dog to the park, and I'll just laugh out loud because sometimes <laughs> you guys, are, and I feel like you're. You're. I'm right there with you, and it, I really did. I felt like we were already friends. You didn't know me, but I felt like I knew you. And so yeah. I really, it's really nice. And I feel like a lot of people, thank you, Suzanne, for putting that um, in there. I thank will um, make sure that it gets into the show notes for sure. But you are the only girl on Honest Designers. You, I, I think, have been designing the longest out of everybody. Um, yeah, probably. And, but you have such, you have the best boundaries. Um, when you've talked about boundaries, like Dustin didn't have good boundaries. Tom didn't have good boundaries and he was his own boss. Um, and then, you know, Ian's always kind of, uh, I mean, Ian would, I don't think he, Ian would said he didn't have good boundaries really. Mm. Mm-mm. And there, so I would go back all the way to number one. Um, and Kent says, so now that you mentioned honest designers, where's the glass of wine and the stacks of money? <laughs> it's too early for a glass of wine and the stacks of money is a myth. 
(laughs) (laughs) But they, but I think that you guys, um, I love how the story kind of, how you guys came together. I think Tom kind of reached out to y'all just to kind of get um, other really good business people together to try to um, grow a little bit and see what you can learn from each other, right? Yes. And then it just evolved. So how did, how did the podcast get started? Cause y'all were already clearly meeting online and then how many episodes in till y'all started doing the podcast? Um, it's actually quite surreal if I think about it, but um, yeah. So Tom just said, would you be interested in, you know, hopping on a call once a week with me and two other guys, um, you know, just to discuss, you know, the industry stuff. And if you're struggling with something, we can maybe help each other, whatever. So I thought, yeah, okay, that sounds cool. And being in South Africa, that was a huge opportunity because I just never get to see anyone, you know? Um, So yeah, it was quite nice. I was hugely intimidated. I have to tell you massively. I mean, Dustin was like famous and Ian is super famous and here's little old That's how we feel about you, Lisa. You're super famous. No, please don't. They, we do like, Ooh, I mean, you should have seen how many people were like, Oh, Lisa Glanz. I can't wait. I know, I know. Think so. no. But, but you're just a person, right? But yeah, I'm just a normal little girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. So that's the thing. I just kept reminding myself, you know, like maybe you do have something to offer. Cause I used to think like, what, what could I possibly bring to the table? You know? Um, anyway, so we got a little comfortable. I'd say we probably met, maybe four times. And then Tom was like, Hey guys, you know, some of the stuff we like talking about is quite interesting and like important. Shouldn't we be what, you know, what happens if other people would want to hear us talking about the stuff, you know? And I was like, really? Like who's going to be wanting to listen to us? <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah. So he said, well, I think we should give it a go. So we did, we just started recording our chats and then, we got a little, you know, more formalized and coming up with topics. And before you know it, here we are, the Honest Designer Show. It's it's actually quite freaky, but yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been huge fun. It, it really does. And Amy says that, um, she says, y'all's dynamic is great and engaging and you feel like friends. And so I think that, so I feel like if you went to a design conference, I don't know if you've been or if there's many in South Africa, but sometimes you'll have to come across the. Yes, we, we all want to come to you guys. So, yeah. And, but I think people would come up to you and they would start talking to you in a way that you, you would, you would be surprised because they're just opening up because they feel like that's one thing I love about you. You've been really honest and you, even about getting an employee, right? You were very yeah. honest and open that this was a, mm. a fear and scary. And mm. you told us why, you know, because mm. you've kind of been burned in the past. And yeah. um, so the, just there's all kinds of things that I think is coming out of that, but there's a lot of wisdom coming out. And I, I love how Tom kind of uh, drives the bus. It feels, yes. like, you know, he has to. <laughs> so, and he'll like, okay, it's time for a, kind of a wrap up. Or sometimes he's like, look, mm. we're going into next week's show. And yeah. I know sometimes you guys record right after each other. Yeah. I, it must yeah. be pretty late for you. It is. It, it gets quite late for me. So it's, I mean, I basically have to write off, you know, my whole evening, which is, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> um, obviously it would be better during the day, but I mean, we can't do anything about that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I do enjoy it. and and. 
it's just, you know, what makes it great is the fact that, um, I've met so many people because of it. And obviously I'm, I'm good friends now with the guys and, and I get emails from people saying, you know, thanks to you guys, I've made the leap. And it's just been amazing and, and humbling to know that just by sharing a little bit of wisdom, you know, you can actually help someone and make them feel that they're not alone because yeah, we've all been through that. It's, it's a scary world, scary world. So to go back to boundaries, um, mm-hmm. that show, that episode, and I will link that up. It really um, spoke to me. There's this book called Boundaries in the Workplace. I mean, there's a book called Boundaries, and it's like for you and your significant other. But then oh, there's yeah. one that's really for boundaries in the workplace. And I'm like, man, you should have written this book, Lisa. <laughs> you're like, why? When Ian was like, well, I just felt like I needed to give them this. And you're like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like the boys. I, I just... And, you know, I've been doing this, I've been a designer for over 20 years and Mm -hmm. I still feel that. And I think there is, I I would love to kind of get the inner Lisa glands, channel you and be like, so I have to do that sometimes. My sister's very similar to you. She's like, no, that wasn't in the, that wasn't in the package. They can't ask for extra. You can tell them how much that's going to be, or you could give them a deal on that thing Mm. if they want, you know, but you know, the people who just keep coming, Dustin doing that project for a year. Yeah, that's crazy <laughs> stuff. I mean, that's yeah, insane. that is crazy. But was that something you always like, even as a kid, you had clear boundaries or was uh, it? Because I don't know if that's just an innate Lisa Glance thing or no. if that's something that you had to learn. I, I had to learn and I had to learn the hard way and work really hard at it. Um but I can tell you what almost sort of, sort of, uh, what's the word? Um, kind of planted the seed in a way was when I was art director on one of a, a wine magazine and I was hiring photographers. And um, I said to the guy, you know, your work's great. Uh, how much do you charge? He told me and I said, whoa, buddy, that's like, you know, way out of our price range. And, you know, would you be willing to drop your rate? Because that's just, we can't afford it. And he said, um, he just, without hesitation, he said, I don't drop my rate because that's what I'm worth. You clearly have shown me that you like my work. You know, you've told me that you like my work and um, I commit to giving you good quality work. So I'm worth money. And, you know, I I still think you should go to your boss and negotiate and tell him that, that you want me. Uh, He was so, he was oozing confidence. He was oozing boundaries. He was, um, and I just thought, wow. And that sensation that I had of, I respected him. He was absolutely correct. Um, Why should he take a knock? Because we didn't want to pay. Um, you know, even though he may not have had like a thousand clients and he still needed the work, he, he was adamant, like, I'm worth it. And, you know, you need to pay and I'll give you, I'll give you what you, you know, what you want from me. And so that sensation that I had of him, I, I remember every time, you know, when clients kind of give me hassle, um, it's not, uh, you're doing your, yourself a disservice and the client a disservice by not putting up those strong boundaries because if you are showing them that you're umming and eyeing and you, your, your, the goalpost kind of moves, you know, each time that they, they push back, you're not actually giving them a sense of 
wow, this person is in control. They know what they're doing. They are um, you know, confident in their ability. And I just get a sense that they're going to give me the good stuff. Um, so I think it's important to constantly do that. And also that on the other side of that um, is that you have to remember your time. You, just, you, you owe it to yourself. Your time is worth something. And you can't have somebody else take that away from you. I mean, it's, it's not right. They, you know, why do they deserve to, to take that away from you? So it, it, you have to be the only one, the only one that's going to look after yourself is yourself. Um, so you have to back yourself. You have to fight for yourself. And unfortunately it is sometimes a fight, um, but it's worth it. It's, it's, it means so much. And, and you know, the, the more you do that for yourself, the stronger you get at it and, the more you, you back yourself, the more you trust yourself. Again, that sounds weird, but you know, it, it's just like this vicious circle of building yourself up and getting better at it and getting more comfortable at it. And it's important for the industry. It's important for yourself, especially for women. And yeah, it, it is. So we'll end with this. We, we definitely need to have you back on we'll do another monday episode or something because i'm probably rambling way too much no oh my goodness frankie was just saying this is her weakness this is what i need to hear and it really does that so kim has a great question and it's Mm -hmm. related to this do you think that there's a way to come back from this if you've already caved with a client or like in a negotiation when you've already accepted a job, even if it's for a full-time job or a part-time job or something, and you've accepted it for a lower paying amount, can you, you know, I think yes. a lot of people have a hard time saying, well, you know, it's been six months. Could you review me? I'd like to get an increase in salary. Because I, again, y'all talked about this on the episode and this was such a great episode uh, and I will definitely link it up, but it's about, um, you know, a plumber wouldn't be like, okay, well, it was $75 to fix your, your toilet. And then, Mm. Hey, well, before you leave, can you fix my other toilet? And you're like, uh, not for $75, you know, it'll be another, another whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much it is to fix a toilet, but just probably (laughs) way under if you have a plumber coming out, but, um, yeah, we need, uh, Ian's, um, Bob Builder. (laughs) builder guy. But do you think there's a way to come back from either a client or is, can you tell us how you would do that? Yeah. Um, I've actually had that a situation before and the, the, the most important thing that you must uh, get across is <clears throat> um, sound that you are knowledgeable about the job and what it entails. So if you've really, so, you, so approach the, 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 you know, the comeback by saying, look, you've assessed the project, whether it's you've started on it or you're already halfway through it or whatever, you know, you tell them you've, you've assessed the project and you really believed in order to give them better quality um, and a better product or end result, um, you need to increase the fee by X. Um, you can say we can keep on this budget. We can, we can go down the same road, you know, the, the budget that we've, we've uh, discussed. Um, but unfortunately, the, you know, the time that I initially thought was involved is a lot more. And so we can either keep the budget and I do less or we increase the budget and I give you a proper, you know, product. Do you give them a new bid or a new contract if they come back and they say, yeah, could you give me? 
Yes. And then what you, yeah, what you can do is that's why it's very important on any quote that you send out that you've got to have that disclaimer. It's it, that this is an estimate. It's based on our discussion. It's based on, on, um, you know, my perception of the job and, and what you have told me. There's no ways that you can, as a designer, be 100% sure how long something's going to take. I mean, each job is different unless it's exactly the same job every time. But there's no ways. I mean, something could go wrong. They want to add this. They've taken this out. You know, so you've got to make, you've got to have a disclaimer. You've got to, um, you know, cover your bases by having that and, and say to them, you've assessed it now. Now that you've worked on it for two weeks, you've realized whoa, I've totally underestimated based on what you've given me. Um, I thought it was this. It appears to be that. We need to go back to the drawing board and come up with a new budget or, and always give them an or because you don't want to just, you know, drop them or we stick to this budget and then I can give you this, you know. So it's, you, um, I, I just, I don't know how to give this, uh, put this feeling into words, but you have to, sound like you are super in control and you are super in charge of the project so much so that they don't even with heart, without hesitation go, Oh, this girl knows what she's talking about. I'm going to go with what she recommends. Well, you know, it's like if you're building a house, right. With Bob yeah. the builder, we'll use Ian's friend. Um, you can't be like, Oh, well, and I want to add another bedroom. And I mean, people do this, but it doesn't, they don't, it's not for free. And so it's just no. kind of having this, um, we don't need to feel guilty about what we're, what, that we like what we do. It still costs something to do those, those changes. Absolutely. And you can even say like, if a client says, Oh, uh, by the way, I love this design. Can you, can you translate it into a, a Facebook banner? You can say, Oh, that's a good idea. It'll do really well for your brand. It'll cost you $300 or whatever. You know, so, so look like you're part of their team, look like you're backing them, look like you're interested in their business and you want to grow their business, but it's not going to be for free, <laughs> you know? Um, and that, that, and that as much as, as much as you want to see them succeed, you can only do that if they pay you, you know, I mean, it's. <laughs> the other thing I love when you were talking about this on the show, I mean, you were really like I, I, I was listening, so I can only imagine it like yeah. your jaw was on the floor that you couldn't imagine that Dustin and Ian were doing this. I know. But, but I think you had this other, it's like you were like, but this is, I have to support my family. My, mm. my fa you know, it's like if you come into it saying, well, I have these other responsibilities. Nobody else is going to let me out of my, you know, paying for this. So it's like you're coming in if you pretend like you have employees and you need to make payroll, you are definitely not going to back down and say that Judy can do it for free. You know, yeah. Judy's not going to work for free. Judy, you still no. have to pay Judy. It's going to cost yeah. this much. Absolutely. And, and, and it's important to get the message across that if they want a, a free or cheap um, service, then they've come to the wrong place. You know, you, you, you know, you may, you may not be the cheapest, but you're certainly not going to be the most expensive. That is a guarantee, even though you think you might be, but you're not. I guarantee you that you're not the most expensive, but you, you got to get it across that you are worth every penny. It's not, you know, any extra work is not free, but it's worth it. And, and you, um, you know, always, as I said, give them options. Like if, if they don't want to take the full package, I used to give, I used to give people options that, you know, the full package was like everything from, you know, 
so many hours and so many end results and all oh, we go lesser for this amount, whatever. And I would, I would guarantee them no matter which one they chose, I'd get the best of me. But if there was anything over and above that, they were going to pay. Just like free. the photographer. So that Just photographer like, yeah. really made an impact on how you do business or how you yes. do business. Yeah, exactly. Because, because guns. Yeah. And, and I think, but I think the crucial thing there that, that we all need to work on and remember is that we're worth it. He had absolutely no debate in his mind that he was worth it, you know, and, and that is especially as women, because we struggle so much with this. It is so important for us to remember we are worth it. And actually then some, because often women bring not only their skill, but their intuition, their a whole lot of sensitivities that men, sorry, men, <laughs> you know, men, men might lack. Um, but, but what I'm saying is that because often women think that, oh, well, you know, uh, the guy down the road is more successful. He's built this business. You know, I'm just a little girl trying to make a living and you know, my rate is so should be this. No, absolutely not. You are swimming in the same sea as everybody else. And you know, you deserve every penny that you earn and do not do anything for free. <laughs> Right. So, unless of course it has other sort of you know things and you're doing favors and whatever but I just think if you've, you've taken on a job from a client it also sets the wrong precedent it, it just means that that client comes back well you know Sally down the road she charged me for the website and she did this for free and that for free and that's not how you want to be remembered you want to be remembered as wow Sally put together this website that is sharp and I got a business card made from her and this is the next thing. Yeah. Okay. It cost me 20 G's, but it was worth every penny. That's the kind of message you want that person to be telling their friend, not like, wow, Sally's cheap. She does everything for free. <laughs> right. Well, I like yeah. the guy, the photographer, what's kind of sticking in my head. And I feel like you've really kind of harnessed this and, and mm. held it was that he was like, but if you go with me, you, I'm going to take care of you. You are going to get the best. You are oh. going to have to worry. So it's, yes. it's about experience. You're not, if you want it low, low, a lower price, then I suggest you go with somebody with less experience, but be, here's the things you're going to get. You're going to end yes. up paying for all the things that I've already learned. Right. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because if you are going to be you know, so confident in your work, there must, you need to back that up. <laughs> so you can't promise in the world and actually not deliver. Um, in fact, where you can um, sort of be, give free or give a bonus is, is, is give them something that they weren't expecting. I just have this thing, you have to over deliver. So even though your quote said, um, you know, I'm going to go with one cover option and da, 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 but while you're designing, you realize, you know, this guy's, brand could actually be improved by you know we're adding why don't in your email you say look while I was designing this I actually realized I think you'd benefit from x y and z and then that person really feels like you are spending your time and energy on on his business and and you know so to, to add those kinds of free things um you know not not free designs you know more strategy or yeah tips or something of things that exactly Exactly. And, and even if your job didn't entail redesigning their website, but you went on it to do some research, you could say, hey, by the way, while I was researching your brand, I noticed this on your website. You might want to look at that. You know, that all those kinds of things are, are, are bonuses. And those are the kinds of things that, that, that 
people remember. You know, that's how you want to be remembered, not not because you cheap and nasty. Yeah. Matt says he loves that. That's not how you want to be remembered. So we're going to take that today. So Kim (laughs) asked, did you hire the photographer? Yes. Oh, very much so. (laughs) (laughs) I went went into my boss's office and I fought. (laughs) I fought for him. So... Yeah. So then Kent says, um, and I do, I think that when you undervalue, um, if you do something for less and less and less and just keep doing, then you're devaluing our industry. And so Kent's question kind of goes to that. Is is, is this also about educating the public to the worth of graphic design? We're getting paid to do a Photoshop that a seventh grader can do with a template offline. Yeah, absolutely. So that I spent half, you know, besides you know, explaining your worth and all that kind of stuff we've just spoken about. The other half of this conversation was explaining the value of graphic design. For example, if you were hiring, you know, you were being hired to do brand design, you came back with a quote, they nearly, you know, fell off the chair because it was too expensive. Half Half the discussion would be me explaining to them, this is worth investment for your business. It is it takes time and energy from my part. It's what the you know public sees. Um, it's it's how the public perceives you. It's your voice. It's the first connection to the public, and so on and so on. I mean, these you know we're designers. You know what I'm trying to get at. So, yeah, it is most definitely um, half educating the clients. You know the importance of that kind of stuff because we all know it is important. You you don't sell um, stuff on the shelf. You know just on its own it's it's sold through packaging and i mean there's so many things that that sell a product just based purely on design so and you can run through those with clients you can explain to them like why did you buy that duvet cover i bet you it was the designer not because of the cotton or whatever you know um so yeah there's so many things you can you can use to explain to them so kent Mm -hmm. asked another question and kent i don't understand what you're asking and he's my friend i just saw him on saturday he says, how have you been successful doing that? Maybe I'm missing something. Which part? I know. That's what I... <laughs> um, maybe he'll type a little bit more. And we'll just do the Jeopardy theme song. The educating the client. How have you been... So, um, you know, I think you educate the client every time you meet with the client, right? Like I have a client who I've had for 12 years and this other, she's kind of doing something for this other lady. The other lady sent her some designs. And I was like throwing up in my mouth when I saw the designs. (laughs) And she said, when I finally met with my client, I was like, "Um, the typography was terrible. She goes, oh, I knew it. I knew the typography was terrible, Diane. I told Marilyn that it was awful. You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I felt like I had won because she, she, she knew that this other lady didn't know what she was talking about. So how do, um, do you have a theory on, because I, I guess a lot of the clients that you're working with now, they know the value of design, mm, but when mm. you were working with other clients, I mean, do you think that it's every time you meet kind of thing? Well, I was fortunate um, to, in, early on in my business, I managed to get clients that stuck with me forever. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I do recall the first few meetings that I had with new clients and, and, and yeah, it is, it is a bit of a battle because um, I mean, I remember this one woman, she wanted, she wanted to use orange on something on this hideous background color. And 
I just explained to her that that it's just going to do her brand a disservice. Yes, orange might be her favorite color, but it's actually not going to help. And then you can go into a little bit of color theory. You can explain orange normally means that to people. Blue normally means that. You know, so you, you do know to you do need to know a little bit of your theory when it comes to design. And if you have that as a backup and you use that, then they take you more seriously. So definitely do your homework. Don't just say, oh, that looks terrible. You know, tell them why. Tell them why it looks terrible. Um, tell them why it's not working. Um, yeah, and in, in fact, that's actually how I got my first art director's job. I, I, I basically redesigned a couple of pages in their magazine. Instead of just saying to them, your magazine is designed terribly, you know, you need to change it. Um, I actually said, well, this is how I think you should do it. And this is why it's wrong. And this is, you know, so you, need, you do need to explain and, and definitely, you know, back it up with theory, that not just ramblings of junk. <laughs> so I yeah. think I know the answer to this question. It's in the same realm. And this is the last one, I promise. So Matt asked, do we try to educate clients or we just focus on the clients who already get it? What would you say to that? Um, I, it depends on how early on in your business. Um, if you're a longstanding person who's been, you know, in the industry for a long time and you really have good clients, there's no point in, you know, taking on the small guy who you have to spend so much time and educating. But if you're new, um, I would say it's a good thing. It's a good thing to take on these people because it trains yourself how to convince a client. It, it also helps you to understand how clients are seeing things, you know, where they need educated, uh, education on. And, and it helps you to come up with a good strategy on, on what to say to people when you're confronted with this kind of thing. Um, but if you're longstanding, oh, I wouldn't bother. I know that's probably not a good idea, but I really but wouldn't. You might could, um, what I think, it's kind of like doing good for someone. It's kind of like those pro bonos. You don't want all of them to be like that. You no, don't all no, 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 no. But no. I think having one, it just makes our industry better and are stronger. Yes. So if you take on one, then they know. One of my questions in my, uh, like, when I have a new client, I have them fill out a questionnaire. And I said, have you ever worked with another designer? And what, or sometimes it's not online. They're doing it on, in person and I'm just taking notes. And, you know, I really learn a lot about if they have worked with someone else, what they don't, what they didn't like and why they didn't go back to this. Person. Yeah, true. It's mm. a lot of times you need to ask, you know, how do you like to communicate best? Because I want, there are some people who like phone call right? They always want you to call them. There's some mm. people who just want an email. Some people are okay with text. Some people, I guess, want written letters from 1870. But <laughs> um, I haven't met many of those. But, you know, I think that there's something there. And if you have asked them what they've done, how, it's just like you at a magazine had worked with plenty of photographers. Mm. And a lot of photographers had said, yeah, well, okay, we'll go down this time. But, you know, you could have, they could have, he could have said, I would go down if you use me for the next three issues, you know, but he yeah. thankfully no. changed the way you um, worked mm. and probably used him again. Oh, yeah. he was my photographer for the two years I was there. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, you know, as you said, it, it, it is, it is kind of our responsibility as designers. Uh, yes. It's frustrating. It's frustrating for us to constantly feel that we have to explain what we do and why it's important and why we're worth it and everything. But in a way, 
I guess as artists and, and musicians and all, you know, anything that's creative, it's, we spend our lives trying to convince people the importance of art and why we should be paid for it. Um, and, and not, I mean, I, I'm still amazed that people still think that, that music should be free. I mean, how do they expect the artists to, to live? It's I just know. unreal. Um, but yeah, so it is unfortunately a little bit of our, uh, cross to bear in a way. Um, it, it, it's just one of those things because I think it's a little bit as well that people is, a, I guess it's not as conscious as this, but I think there might be a little bit of a, um, internal struggle for them that why should I pay somebody to do something that's so nice, you know, to do, um, you, you know, you're having fun doing your job, you should be doing it for free. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I guess it's, it is our responsibility, but I think if you're finding yourself constantly doing that, then you need to look at finding different clients. Um, you know, there is nothing wrong with having the odd one, but it shouldn't be draining, you know, the whole time to have to educate them and convince them. And yeah. All right. So I want people, if they don't know about you, I want them to be able to go and purchase and uh, support you as well. And also listen to honest designers. Um, so I'm going to go to start sharing some of your um, links. So your website is lisaglands.com. That's right. And then on most other, uh, uh, so it's glands, G-L-A-N-Z.com if you're listening. Um, yeah. And then on Instagram, it's glands graphics. Again, mm -hmm. same spelling. Your, so, um, and then five minute drawing is one that you just started to do the mm -hmm. five minute drawing, how, um, when did you start that? How many days are you in? Are you keeping track of that? Um, I'm just literally numbering them. So I think I'm on 52, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm number 52. <laughs> uh, yes, 52. So I have bought your stuff. I haven't used it. For oh, yet, well, I, I love it. And you know, one of the things that I love is that you've always emailed me back. Um, you always have said, Oh, thank you. I, whenever I've written you and I, I know that that's a ton cause you're getting, cause all the money, you know, in the background. So you can always see all, all her products. She has, a amazing critter creators, those are creatures that you can kind of create. Um, and then I just, there's just a range. You have dogs, you have cats, super cute. Um, so you can go there to lisaglands.com slash product hyphen category slash graphics. And then on Pinterest, I wonder if it's, I don't, I've never seen ZA, but maybe that's just from. Oh, I think they just naturally do that in your country. Um, let me just, if I remove that, would it still no, come No, it, it's still, it's anyway, it's just Lisa yeah. Glans design on Pinterest. So you can still yeah. check it out. And then on Spoonflower, which I did um, um, show before. Link. Yeah. Yep. It is, I think I put the wrong one up though. It's spoonflower.com slash profiles slash Lisa hyphen Glans. And then her Etsy shop is Lisa Glans Graphics. And I think it should it all be, be the same, but it's so complicated. <laughs> I think it would be hard to um, to always sell on Etsy because it's just so um, 
inundated. There's so many, mm. you know, people, yeah. but I mean, 2000, do you think you started in 2014 on Etsy? Uh, yeah, but, but at that stage I was selling jewelry. Um, I think Etsy tells you when you signed up or when you started, let me just actually see. Um, and it shows like the day. Sorry, yeah. Um, just honestdesigners.com is the other uh, place you can always find and reach out. And obviously, yes. Lisa does respond to her Instagram. Yes. To say something to a post or whatever. <laughs> I do try my best because I know what that's like. <laughs> you do a great job. I mean, oh, I can't wait you. to see you take a week off or a weekend. Have you been able to be successful about taking a weekend off? I actually, this year, I promised myself that I'm going to do my best to take weekends off. And so far, I've been pretty good um, at doing the odd one here and there. Like this weekend, I took off, which, yeah, d d look, it does mean that Monday is kind of hectic because then, right. you know, you have to catch up <laughs> and all that. But, um, but it's worth it. You know, it's worth it um, because, yeah, you need, you need that time off and... I think I've worked hard enough for a couple of years to take the time off. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for coming you. on at the end of your day today and just giving us um, just your honesty and your, your time. And I just love you. So I'm so glad uh, I can't wait to meet you in person. And I know. Says, thank you. Josh uh, says, uh, thank you for your perspective. I really needed to hear the advice of on valuing your work with your price and educating yes. the client. And that this is Josh. He's an amazing illustrator um, with your price and educating the client about the value you bring. Um, Kent says, thanks for putting a face to the voice on honest designers, which they are also online. They're doing it. Um, We're video, starting to right? do video. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Courtney says, thank you. Good at such good advice. And Suzanne, who works for Dustin, said, thank you for being, whoa, it's going so fast, um, for being an, an inspiring woman in the industry. Oh. You know, she works with a slave driver. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know all about that, Dustin. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. And just so you guys know, so there's no Wednesday show. This is the show this week. And next week, because I'm just embracing the whole March Madness, it is Lisa Quine, or you might know her as Lisa Lorick, but she got married and she changed her last name. She is a letterer from Cleveland, and she wow. is going to be on next Tuesday. I don't even remember what time it is, so watch for the graphics. It'll be at the top of all the graphics, and it'll be in your email. Um, and I will definitely, Josh says definitely yes on a part two. I think Amy said that also. Linda said that also. Cool. We'll get one scheduled. Um, <laughs> yes. And hopefully maybe this, this worked for you. But it really yeah, it's been great. Ton of value. Mm. I can't wait to show you more of my, um, just that I've continuing and working. I'm going to get out of my funk today. So I Good. Just, I hope so. I hope so. It really yeah. does help to know that, that you were there. Um, and that, that you still are pushing yourself and you're still learning. Yeah. So much to learn. I mean, I just have, I have piles of books that I, I still want to get through and still look through. And cause I know there's just so much stuff that you can learn and yeah, I've got a long way to go, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the journey. And I, I mean, like you, I have my off days, but I think that's part of it. So, well, yeah, just keep going. You're a superstar to us. So oh, you, thank you. Um, I'm so glad that you joined the Honest Designers and I'm so glad that I'm able to um, talk to you today and thank you. Yeah, it's been great. Research.
All right. Thank well, you. Gonna, Thanks for having me. Thank you. And if anybody needs to reach out with to me, because I always forget to do this, you can always rate the podcast on iTunes. That helps it rank, get up in ratings. That would be super helpful. Just give a little review. Um, and then uh, you can always reach out to me. I'm on all the Twitter, Instagram at Design Recharge, or you can email me at Diane at RechargingYou.com. And we'll see you next Tuesday because we're embracing March Madness.